Are you having a hard time finding a good book to read about Twin Peaks? Did you finish binge-watching Twin Peaks in quarantine, and now you're looking for more? If so, we have the book for you. Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book. Based off the popular show from the 1990s, read about the making of each episode from over 100 cast and crew members. This book covers Season 1, Season 2, Firewalk With Me, and Season 3. But wait, there's more! This book has commentary from the community and the host from the wildly popular podcast, Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Order now. Supplies are very limited. Go to bluerosemag.com today. Really, the only difference is uh, Inland Empire was shot with uh, DV, and it was a low-grade bad DV. I started uh, working with this uh, Sony PD-150 for short experiments on my website, and I start falling in love with uh, the way, the ease of working with the digital. And then I started getting ideas uh, that would later be part of Inland Empire, and although n not the quality of film, I, I loved the way it, it, it looked and how it worked with the ideas. And you see exactly what, you ha what you're going to get. And for the scenes, the long takes, uh, the ability to talk and, and be with the actors and go deeper and deeper without stopping, then maybe you can catch a magic that you couldn't ever catch before. <sighs> Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is Brian Kazaska. Hi, Brian. Hey, Ben. How are you? Doing well. I think I'm ready to talk about rabbits. So before we get into rabbits, Ben, I want to tell everybody we are now kicking off the David Lynch short film series. It's like a video club. Please stop. If you haven't watched Rabbits, hit pause. Go watch Rabbits. Come back and hit play. And you can find them on YouTube. Yes, I they're mean, all on the, YouTube. The, the Lime Green Box, David Lynch's uh, collection, has them too. We can talk more about that. It's a little different how he structured it. 
Yeah. But it's there. It's People can find it on YouTube. So just so everybody knows, we have rabbits. We're going to do Dumbland, the alphabet, the grandmother. So get on that. Watch those. They're very, they're very good and very interesting and worth talking about. And that way you're in the know for the next couple of weeks. This is what we're going to be doing. Which Sounds is, good. Is sometimes we don't know what we're doing week to week. So this is kind of cool. It's kind of cool. It is kind of nice. We can, yeah, we very rarely tell you what's going to happen <laughs> next week. <laughs> A lot Sometimes it's because, you know, we, do, we we set these interviews and we're really nervous about them going through and making sure that happened. Because yeah. there's been times where we've set up an interview and it doesn't happen. It's like, oh, we would want to say, we're going to have Shirley Fenn on. And then it never happens. It never happens. But, you know. So well, we he tells us to take it down. Take it down. <laughs> so you, we, you know what we're going to be doing yeah. for the next few weeks. Very cool. It's going to lead us up until the new year. So. Watch those. This is like the video club series for Twin Peaks Unwrapped. And uh, the first one is Rabbits, which I've only seen in the movie. Inland Empire. Yeah. So this is my first time watching it out of that movie. I find this very fascinating because, you know, I this was so originally on DavidLynch.com back in the day, 2002. I was a subscriber. You had to pay about $10 a month mm-hmm. and you get everything that David Lynch would put out. And he would put out these episodes of rabbits. Yeah. So my first experience of rabbits is through DavidLynch.com. And when I got to Inland Empire, it's like, this isn't right. I saw through a lens of, of what he was doing on yeah. the website. And it felt very odd to have these characters now in another story. Question, though. Because I watched that movie such a long time ago. Yes. Was the entire 40 minutes in that Oh, movie? no. No, not, definitely. It was, a very small, a it was a very small piece. And yeah. if I remember right, it was like the girl crying at the TV where it would show a little snippets of yes. rabbits and stuff. Yep. And there, there was like one thing that wasn't in the episodes uh, from the website where I think the rabbit appeared in another room or something. It like faded and it faded out. I don't know what that was about. But for the most part, it was just a few clips uh, on the TV set that the girl was watching. Like imitation of love. Yes, right. <laughs> so I don't know why I should be so upset by that, but to me it was like this is a different world. Like mm. this, the Inland Empire had its own world and its own thing, and Rabbit's web series had its own thing. And David Lynch always incorporates other works into True. his newest work. Right. We saw and that can, in season you, three. Oh yeah, you can definitely see a lot of his other work get into his new work. I mean, he does. Yeah, that. yeah. So maybe he was just like, hey, this girl would be watching rabbits, like a cartoon or something, <laughs> a very demonic. And when you think. Inland Empire had like, was it a record player? It was. There was a lot of different different mediums they were using early on at the beginning of the movie. If yes, I remember there was right, a it was a radio or it was a radio yep. show, and then we get a TV, and then there's of course the making of a film. So it make I it does make sense that they would have all these different things happening in the film. But I don't know. I was still kind of like, no, no, Rabbits is his own show. Yeah. <laughs> and what a show it is! Hi, it's Matt from Twenty Five Years Later. Um, I'm here to share a piece I wrote for the site about David Lynch's rabbits. It starts with his uh, own tagline for the, the short films. In a nameless city, deluged by a continuous rain, three rabbits live with a fearful mystery. Rabbits is a dark and mysterious series of short films by David Lynch, featuring three performers wearing rabbit costumes, delivering disjointed dialogue punctuated by lengthy periods of silence. As you can probably tell, this is definitely at the experimental or art house end of the entertainment spectrum, and probably not an easy watch for many viewers. The fact that this series has been used in a psychology study to induce a state of existential crisis speaks volumes. 
But for those who stick with it, these mini-movies serve up a perfect Lynchian experience full of dread, mystery, supernatural intrusions, fear and a dreamlike atmosphere like nothing else you've ever seen. The fact that Lynch is able to create such an impact in such an abstract and deconstructed way says a lot about his skill as a filmmaker and a storyteller. In typically deadpan fashion, when interviewed, Lynch described the work as a nine-episode sitcom, a description that completely fails to capture the unnerving, powerful experience that is Rabbits. The videos were originally released in 2002 to subscribers of the now-defunct DavidLynch.com. They were immortalised on DVD as part of the 10-disc Lime Green set, which now changes hands on Amazon for crazy money. And scenes from the series were reshot and incorporated into Inland Empire. If your interest is piqued by this article, you may also find the entire series available to watch on more than one popular video streaming platform. <coughs> YouTube. <coughs> the first thing that strikes the viewer is the set. A single room, captured with a single fixed camera, much like a film of a play or a television sitcom. The entire world in which this story is told comprises a small apartment living room, with a couch and two doors, one to the hallway outside the apartment and another to, presumably, a kitchen. Into this room come three rabbits. Two are female, one who sits on a sofa, Jane, played by Laura Haring, the other placed upstage, often at an ironing board, Susie, played by Naomi Watts. The third rabbit is Jack, played by Scott Coffey, who enters and exits through the apartment's front door and generally sits alongside Jane on the couch. The rabbits speak and move slowly, with prolonged pauses punctuating the action. They deliver dialogue in deadpan voices without much expression or inflection, and the conversations do not flow. It feels like the lines, taken as a whole, might tell a coherent story, but they're delivered in an apparently random order, creating a bewildering and disorientating effect, not unlike the cut-up experiments of the surrealists and authors such as William Burroughs. Adding to the strange impact of the deconstructed dialogue is a laugh track, which punctuates the disjointed conversation at apparently arbitrary moments. The unseen audience also whoops and cheers for lengthy periods when actors enter the stage, as though we're watching an episode of Cheers filmed in front of a live studio crowd only it's super weird and full of rabbits. The action is, per the description above, extremely stylized. It's the opposite of Stanislavskian naturalism. Everything about rabbits seems designed to prevent the audience becoming comfortable or losing themselves in the fiction on screen. These techniques are reminiscent of Brechtian alienation in theatre, disrupting the illusion and distancing the audience. And yet, perhaps surprisingly, this deconstructed experience with its lack of exposition or discernible plot still conveys a mood and a mystery that draws the viewer into a compelling viewing experience. Accompanying the stilted action is an eerie soundtrack punctuated by percussive booms which seem to momentarily shift the camera out of focus. A score of synthetic strings, written and performed by Angelo Badalamenti, shimmers and pulses under the dialogue, building an air of unease. Distant foghorns and lashing rain effects drift across the music, adding to the intense atmosphere. Despite the abstract nature of the script, there are recurring themes within the dialogue and a strange poetry to many of the lines, especially in the occasional monologues delivered by the characters. Times and dates, along with confusion about the time, are mentioned again and again, often followed by audience laughter, as though the very concept of marking time is a joke. There are recurring references to Jackrabbit keeping a secret. A knocking is heard from the hallway on several occasions, and at one point a telephone call is received. Twice during the series, a supernatural entity called Red Rabbit appears in the apartment and speaks in a strange, incomprehensible tongue. All of this manages to create a coherent Lynchian tone and stops the series descending into complete impressionistic confusion.
But for all the laugh track and set stylings, this is far from your average sitcom, no matter what Lynch says. In fact, if it's reminiscent of anything else, in my opinion, it's the ancient Japanese tradition of no theatre. Like rabbits, no theatre is minimalist, slowly paced and staged so that small actions take on great significance. The performers wear masks and thick costumes that de-emphasise the actor's presence. In no theatre, little effort is made to create an illusion of reality or to preserve a suspension of disbelief. Instead, no performances are extremely stylized, and stagehands are visible on stage throughout. Because it's a form of theatre comfortable with the audience knowing that art is being created before their eyes, it really has no interest in creating a convincing, illusory reality. All of this is also true of rabbits. Another important concept in no theatre, and in fact all traditional Japanese art forms, is ma, the profound application of space or stillness. In painting, this means conscious use of empty canvas. In no, and in rabbits, this technique manifests in moments of unnatural stillness, in which the actors hold poses and maintain silence, allowing an immense presence of meaning and feeling to grow and flourish in the vacuum they create. And this empty space is where the power of rabbits is generated, in between the words, in between the actions, in the absence of a coherent plot. The unnatural, uncanny presentation style creates a creeping, growing dread that becomes heavier and more intense as it's given more space to breathe. On paper, rabbits might seem like a silly or comedic concept, as the use of a laugh track might suggest. But the actual experience of viewing these nine episodes is to be unsettled, challenged and occasionally frightened by a form of pure atmosphere with no context. I wasn't kidding when I said the series had been used by scientists to invoke a state of existential dread in a study. This really happened, and when you watch these strange videos, you can see why they chose this work. Rabbits won't be for everyone. It's unrepentantly arty and challenging. It's deliberately difficult. It's a puzzle without a solution. But none of this stops it being one of the most powerful viewing experiences you will ever have. The imagery and presentation manage to bypass the intellect and work directly on our emotions, manipulating us to feel rather than to think. This is a visceral rather than cerebral experience. It's like mainlining Lynch, straight, no chaser. So brace yourself, draw a deep breath, and get ready to plunge headlong down the rabbit hole. Thank you, Matt Colt. Go read his articles and other great articles at 25yearslatersite.com. I am going to find out one day. Weird because when you watch this, is it stop motion or are these people in act? Or no, these people are. And so, and so they're in rabbit suits. <laughs> yes, they're in uh, rabbit suits. So David Lynch built a set in his garden in his back of his house. Like it was just a little, like a little space. Wow. And uh, the actors who did the voices also dressed up. And I guess they would like they would do it at night because he he liked the mood and the lighting. Mm -hmm. And but the neighbors would all say, "Oh, they're making too much noise," and he would get in trouble because he was doing this at nighttime filming outside. You know. The genius of Lynch is you watch this and am I watching people in costumes? Am I watching a stop motion? What am I watching? And right. the way it's framed, it makes it look like you're watching a diagram. Yes, right. I mean, a diorama. Di I know a what diorama. You meant. Yeah. yeah. And if I feel like you're watching a diorama right. of these humanoid rabbit people, yes, you you are just transported into a different world because my mind is like, I don't know how did he do. This. Yes. Were there any calls? 
most of the time it's framed where the camera doesn't move. It's basically framed in this living room space. Up looking down. Up, right. It's almost as though it's like from the viewpoint of me sitting on my couch looking down at mm-hmm. the TV set. Yeah. I think the camera doesn't move. At all. There's no, no zooming. Yeah. There are times where we cut to certain things throughout the series. But for the most part, it's really just this this wide shot where you can see the living room, a door. Uh, there's a back area where sometimes a character will iron yeah. and stuff. But basically, you're just looking at this living room. Yeah, and you, there's a window that will show there's like a thunderstorm or uh, it's raining or there's a train passing by. I don't even remember the, li- uh, the window, but... Yeah, I mean, it gives you an idea that there's yeah. an outside world. That's and they bizarre. do talk about there's an outside world, but you're almost led to believe that these are the only three characters in the world just because that's all you see. But, they, I mean, they do talk about that. Yeah. Yes, yes. The most interesting part, there's a laugh track. There have been no calls today. <laughs> So you kind of feel like you're watching a sitcom. Lynch was like, well, this is something that's normal. When you're watching something like this, there's always a laugh track. Even when it's not funny, people are laughing. And it was interesting. Do you know why he did that? Was there any insight into the laugh track? I don't have any insight into that. It does feel, I don't I, I don't know why I keep thinking of like the honeymooners. Or I keep thinking of like old school uh, comedy where a character, or even maybe Dick Van Dyke, or I'm thinking like yeah, a yeah, character yeah. would open the door and then all of a sudden people, they and ho- the, the fawns from Happy Days. They hooting and hollering. Yes. And it's interesting, the, the character, the bunnies, the rabbits, they stop and they wait for the audience to stop laughing and applause yep. and stuff like that but they're, they keep it serious the whole time so I mean I think there's irony in that and that you have this really these laughter and audience that are thinks that it's really funny and they're talking very seriously and like it is 11.15 right now <laughs> yep, yep. So I, I don't know I think I mean I feel like that's Lynch's dark humor. He finds humor in violence, or he finds humor where there isn't usually humor. (laughs) And the laugh track brings humor into this. Yeah, I guess so. And it would be like your theory about sitting on a couch, like watching a TV show. Yes. You know, that laugh track makes it seem surreal. Right. You know? But it's very eerie. I mean, there's, there's a mystery in the way that... You don't always know what's going on with these characters. I always feel like I'm in the middle of a conversation. Like something's mm-hmm. been going on and I missed I missed what was happening here. It, and it doesn't matter where you are in the episode, you feel like I there's something I'm missing here. There's some uh, Well, we'll go into dialogue because some of the first words said are I have a secret. Now, this is typical Lynch. I have a secret. I have a dream. I, I had a dream. I'm in a dream. Right. So that's Jack Jack Rabbit there. He's saying he has he has a secret. And he's he's, a, secret. he's always he's always like the businessman who opens the door and that's where they laugh and then he comes in and he has something to say. Right. So I have a secret. And that's so typical Lynch. It Lynch is. He's always like there's a woman with a secret and there's <laughs> you know like it's, I'm building a mystery. You, know, you have Laura Palmer. She's very thief. And there's a knocking at the door. Uh, He answers it. He walks out. He comes back in. And one thing I noticed, to me, the conversations didn't seem to be in sync. Yes. Each character is talking in their own language about a certain subject, but out of sync with each other. It must be after 7 p.m. I have heard those things being said before. I will bet you are both wondering. It is still raining. Does that make any sense? Uh, I I agree with you. I think like episode six, 
there's a whole thing about like who's on the phone. Mm-hmm. Nobody had the phone. We never saw anything. And then later down, all of a sudden, yes. the phone rings and they answer it. But it's almost like they're out of sync. The person who said who was on the phone is from the future because they already know that the phone is going to ring and and then they want to know who it is. So yeah, it's it's really bizarre that it does feel like they're out of sync. They're almost all having different conversations too because uh-huh. like one person's saying this and you think that person would be responding to it, but then they have their own thing to say. And then the third person has their own thing to say and say like, how. How is this all connected? But, you know, I haven't said this yet, but this is my favorite short of David Lynch's on his site. So, you know, yeah. he had Dumbland and he did a lot of other like quirky, silly uh, little projects. But Rabbits is my favorite because there is this mystery. And it's I, and it's so funny that Twin Peaks is that way, too, the new series. I feel like if I could just rewatch this enough times, maybe I could <laughs> understand. Like even rewatching it now, it's kind of like if I could just look at all the dialogue and maybe there's a link between episode three and episode five. And I think there is. I think you're onto something. And I'll tell you my little tiny theory about it at the very end. When it happens, you will know it. And then the room, the room goes red. This is where it gets really creepy. Uh, you hear sounds to me what sounds demonic, like demons. And someone's talking backwards. Well, there's there, on, the, on the left-hand corner, there is a red bunny talking. Is that what it is? It reminded me a little bit of when Dougie saw, when Cooper Dougie saw the um, the red room above the jackpots. Oh, uh, yeah. That's what it kind of reminded me of. Interesting. And it was like, Demon, it was kind of like, yes. where is this going? What is going on? Devil Buddy or something, right? Yeah, and it's like talking backwards. You know what it was saying? Because I couldn't make it I out. I couldn't make it out either. It, was ba- it sounded backwards. I don't know if it was backwards or it was what it was just like. Rah, 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 rah. You think that was David Lynch doing that voice? <laughs> Most likely, yes. Because there was no credited person. Yes, I would say it was probably David him. Lynch. And then the wife comes out with candles in the air during all this. So it's like a seance. Like the, I thought they were a family, but they're not family. I think they're just three random people. You think so? Yeah, and I think this... One rabbit. I mean, it's weird. She leaves the room. She comes back with candles yeah. above I her, Susie, yeah. her head, and this demonic ritual happens where this demon's talking to them. What's interesting is the kind of, is you have this. I feel like this day to day, just your typical lifestyle of coming home, going to work, and then all yes. of a sudden, you're, you, you're, you're, <laughs> the room changes red, and you have this voice. And what happens right, again later on? Right. I think yeah. uh, it might be the last episode there. I yeah. Think, yeah. So, but the first time, I'm like, huh. This is bizarre. Is this going to go into anything? So then it kind of reminds me, it goes into this uh, eraser head territory, like the woman, the radiator. This rabbit comes out, she's wearing pink, and she starts to sing. And there's an image of a match, which looks like to me, it's like a matchstick on fire above the doorway. Yes. That's what reminds me of Mr. Jackpot's uh, season three, the red room, because it had that burnt look, like it was on fire yeah. around it. That's what this match, and this match looks like it's superimposed and it's coming through right. um, the, the wall, and this woman's singing. Each character, Susie, Jane, and Jack, will each have an episode of just them. All the There won't be any other characters but just them, and they'll have like almost like poetry. And it's funny that the the words they use are are very similar. Some it's a little yes. different. But- An old warm rug. A dog crawls. Oh. Oh. 
Something's wrong. An old, warm rug. A dog crawls. Oh. Oh. Something's wrong. I guess I'll go into my little theory about this. You reminded me. I kind of believe... This is going to be weird, Ben, so bear with me. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be rough. I kind of have a feeling this is sort of a purgatory for these rabbits. I think each rabbit has died by a hunter. Um, <laughs> is that it, your backstory? This is the yes, backstory. Yes, right. each person talked. You're right. They talk about being dragged by a dog, seeing imagery from the POV of the rabbit. The yes. rabbit is seeing the foot repeatedly drag it the the uh the rabbit seeing their perspective of the dog they talk about old warm rug yes. a dog it was dog crawls uh yeah right the dog's playing with it i think they use electricity a couple times barbed wire sharp tearing open red that's how they could have been killed barbed wire the rabbit i never saw this but i could totally see this now this is like this like in between world for these animals to um try to figure out what happened to themselves, hmm. and I think they're out of sync. I think they're, the three of them are coming in and out of this world at different times. I think what I got out of it was the phone call was sort of like they're waiting for a phone call to allow them to move on. And like going down the lost route? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I kind of like feel like the reason we're hearing someone saying who's on the phone could have been because of a previous phone call, which we didn't see, or there's no right here, right now. They're all in there at this different time. I, I kind of oh, think I like about that. it like um, if you were to like trans- make them all transparent, yes. you would see these different people just in and out, in and out, all at different times. But they would, if they're just there, they're there. And I think they're out of sync because they've all come into this world at different times. Yeah, and they're it's leaving. interesting to say that because in the monologues, that each each one of them has an episode where they do their monologues. At the end, they disappear. Uh-huh. So yes. it's not like they don't walk out the door or they don't go back to the back yes. area. They just like disappear. They disappear. So they get to move on. And Maybe the realization of uh, what what, ha- they, what happened to them. Yeah, right? their traumatic experience. And then you then realize it's like, are these eight episodes out of sync? Are they not in the right order? Or That's stuff? a good point. Right. Right? I don't we know. Have no way of knowing for sure. But. I guess you'd have to watch <laughs> them all in different orders to figure out like a Rubik's Cube. Uh, episode three, which would be Jane's monologue. Yeah. Actually, it was played by Rebecca Del Rio, John Neff. And so, and Rebecca had a, a small part. I think she was in like episode three of Rabbits. Yeah, she was one of the rabbits. Uh, the first two were Laura Herring and Naomi Watts. And then Scott Coffey was Jack Rabbit. And then Laura had some other commitments and couldn't continue. So David called Rebecca and she got into the rabbit suit and she was a rabbit. <laughs> it's in there because she's singing and yes. she has the she- voice. And the other characters, they don't sing, but they hum and stuff. They do like, oh, it, it's not reminding me of like slam poetry. That's sort of like a beatnik poetry, <laughs> not slam poetry, but beatnik poetry. Yeah, yeah. So I had the script of rabbits. You can find it. You probably could just Google rabbit script mm-hmm. and I would watch it and I would also look at the script while I was watching just to like really take it all in because I mean I've already seen rabbits and I thought it would be interesting to like read it as as I'm watching it and w- one of the things I'm saying like I'm looking at this dialogue it's like what this is gonna be five seven minutes long and there's not that much 
dialogue. dialogue. I mean, yeah. like a normal person, like you read that, it's like, oh, they should be able to read that all in one minute. But <laughs> but this is Lynch we're talking about here. Lynch, and it's the pace of like nothing's happening, or you have them humming. Yeah, it stretches this dialogue for seven minutes. Or five. <laughs> so I thought that was fascinating. But it's just the, the it's that mood, and you have uh, Angelo Badamente doing the soundtrack for yes. this, which is is wonderful. To have uh-huh. it. it almost sounds like there's a train or there's some kind of a there's like a mood there. The train sound reminded me of hotels. Yes. That, oh, I'm glad you brought up hotel room. Hotel room. Because here we are. We're now stuck in a living room again. It's just yes. like hotel room where it's one space. We never see any other space. And that one episode with the train. Yes. You could, you could always hear the train pass. Right. It's the same sound. Yes, I it swear is. to God, it's I the same. I think you're right. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Yet again, Lynch recycling or reusing things for yes. other projects, which is just really cool. You can get all this on the lime green uh, box set that of Lynch's there, and it's on the mystery DVD is the rabbits. But it's funny how they split it up. Where it was originally eight episodes, he split it up into two episodes, and then there's really two more, which is is Scott and Naomi, which is really those monologues Susie and Jack did. They didn't do Jane's monologue. That's the only episode that's missing on the lime green box is her monologue. Interesting. So it's there. It's the only thing. I mean, I guess you have to still YouTube if you want to see... Uh, only like David Lynch to make it. Oh, you have to work for your money here. You have to work to watch this stuff. So to go back to my theory, uh, some of the dialogue, the dog cross, the socks drip... Disease, hot electricity, barbed wire, tearing open, wet dog. And they say cold, fades away, to cheering, fade to black. Next episode. Legs high, ceiling drip, cold. Legs high, cold. They were hunted, they were killed. And also, next week we do Dumbland, and there's a character who likes to kill things. And I'm wondering if it's connected, and it's that guy who's like, killing that, that these dumb rabbits. Guy, he's like, I like to kill things. Yeah. You know, like, it's interesting because that guy's just like, I like to cut their heads off, and he's just like a total weirdo. So, you know, he was, I mean, he was doing these things around the same time, right? So yeah. He could be like, I'm connecting he, he universes here. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And rabbits. Oh. So, I thought they were a family. It's like, in my notes, I wrote mother and daughter. I wrote mother and daughter in room. A voice of a man saying, Not much longer now. Where did she go last night? Where's Jack? Near the harbor when it happened it was raining and then jack comes home with the cheering again yes. you know at one point i was like this is like marriage with children al bundy yes came home. right it's always these famous characters the fawns or <laughs> yes. i mean you have all these different characters always like the star of the show or even the urkel what urkel from uh family matters yes you know, is that? Very like you popular. always had the the main character the big he, and they you know, cheer and they come to the cheer, door yeah. kramer <laughs> right kramer yeah right. that kind of stuff doesn't happen much anymore no there's not a lot of shows with la- with right. live audiences our, anymore no not a lot which is there's, good there's some but i think we've evolved we understand that we don't need somebody to applause or to cheer for us first to enjoy it and now we can enjoy what we like and what we want yeah we don't need someone to tell us yeah. to laugh at every moment i know i've always i mean like i've always liked like the office or i mean there's so many good shows like that that doesn't need to have a laugh track that you know i've watched Arrested development yeah exactly and i've watched seinfeld numerous times i love seinfeld One of the best comedies out there yeah like, i man. kind of forget i tune out the laugh track i kind of forget it's there yeah i think i've watched it so much but sometimes you do watch a show and you know it's there and it becomes annoying you're yep. kind of like what you know it's yep. interesting 
Did you know MASH had a laugh track? No, I don't remember that. Does it, it? It's so funny. You wouldn't think that there was. I mean, there was comedy, but at the same time, it was serious things as well. In the beginning, imagine. in the beginning, Mash had a oh laugh track. Oh my gosh! And it was god awful. And they got rid of it. Yeah. They actually stopped with the laugh track. But there are episodes that had a wow. laugh track. I'll have to Google that. And it's such a. It's a comedy, too, but yeah. it's a serious, a dramedy. It was weird, but the, and it was canned, obviously, because they were they weren't filmed in a live studio no, audience. No, they were, they on, were like on a sound. Right. somewhere. Instead of a three camera, they were probably using one camera to shoot everything. Yeah. yeah. Such an odd show. A little trivia for you. Thank you. That's but they did get rid of it. They did get rid of it. By the end of the show, they didn't have the laugh track anymore. I've come to realization in my notes that I, I've realized that these rabbits are giving us information when they give us these little slam poetry sing-alongs. Yes. That uh, it's their point of view of being attacked by a dog or a hunter. Electricity. Barbed wire. Sharp. Tearing open red and wiggling. It's creepy. Lynch is just like writing things that he's thinking about, like <laughs> black black dog runs at night. Yes, like it's kind of like just, I thought about that too. Yeah, just things that he thinks about. That song would match this. Perfect. Yes, it would. You could kind of relate this to Twin Peaks. You could relate the rabbit, an innocent animal, uh, maybe a majestic creature that is so fragile that a dog or a human could take its life so easily. And like, some kind of trauma has they've experienced. And they're kind of like, this animal has to live with figuring out. And like Laura Palmer, you have a, an innocence, a young girl who is brutally murdered and have horrible things done to her by her family. And then she's living in this limbo mm. of the red room and right. doesn't know where to do, what to go. And she's waiting for someone to allow her to go somewhere. And we kind of fire well, she walk might be trying me. to find it on her own. On her own. And yeah. fire walk with me, you kind of see that with the angel yeah. that gives her permission. Well, maybe not permission, but guides her somewhere yes. to heaven or whatever. And I kind of see it's like a running theme. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. And we you know, we can even see that way back in Eraserhead with in heaven, everything is fine. Yes. I mean, we have that lady in the radiator brings Henry to heaven, it seems like. And everything, everything she brings him onto the stage. So, I mean, right, right back to his first feature film, he yeah. basically has a character that he is bringing to another place. And it's set up like a stage with a red curtain. Yes, we don't know what color. It's black and white, but I, we assume it's, it's red. red. Yeah. And you're right, you're right. I forget black and white. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, life is a stage, and um, right. David and how often will we use that again? I mean, we'll have Blue Velvet with the curtain, and we'll have Mohan Drive. Drive, and Lost Highway has a curtain, and, th and that yeah, that becomes a theme, and it it always does feel like partly that you're performing, that you're on a stage, but also that you're in this other world, and that you're mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. 
So, I mean, definitely themes from rabbits have spilled yeah. over. And so in Jan's monologue, I mean, she ends with, near the end, about a mirror, smear of blood, eye opens darkness. So it's fascinating. I mean, it's these, yeah. these imageries that I think about Twin Peaks and that you see in so many other of Lynch's works. The eye opens darkness, sort of like the, um, the white of the eye with the horse. The woodsman say something about the... The uh, white of the eye. Right. Yes. When he's talking about his poem there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah yep. We're now on episode eight. Yeah. And the match is back. All of these, ele- like these the elements we were using throughout the uh, all this series is kind of coming back for one last time here. Yep. So, right, you have the match, the red demon. Uh, Jack What's, opens the door. It's funny. But before that, Susie usually is ironing, and there's no iron board, but she's just standing in the background there. Yeah. It's weird, because she's getting ready to do the seance. Yeah. Yeah. She's got... <laughs> She has no time for ironing. Yeah. It's past midnight. Jack comes back in. There's all cheering. All day. (laughs) There is something here. It happened like that earlier. Who could have known? And then the room goes red. There's a white light. And then um, she leaves. She comes back out with the candles. And then the demon starts talking backwards or whatever, this demonic voice. Yes. And it's weird. What do you, I, this is, you know, I can decipher this whole hunters and maybe this is like a, like this purgatory room or this waiting room. But I don't know what the demon thing really fits in. One of these days, I still want to spend more time on this, but I, I think about our, our, our poem for Twin Peaks, Firewalk With Me. You know, it's not one chance. It's one chant as though, to me, it's like a ritual. One chant out between two worlds, oh. fire walk with me. Ooh, and there's a fire with the match, and they're chanting. Yes. And then they, they do their song and they fade away. Right. It's almost like wow. they're, they're opening. They're opening a gateway Wait. so they can leave? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, I like that. I like that, yeah. Are we just figuring so, this out? I think we are. <laughs> we're, figuring, we're figuring this out as we're talking we're about Deciphering it. rabbits. And one of the lot. things that happens right at the end is there's a scream at the end of this. It reminds me of the scream. From season three. Season three, Laura Palmer uh-huh. screaming at the house. It's almost like a, maybe it's a scream of realization of what is happening around them. Yes. I like that. I do. It was the man in the green coat. Is probably maybe they're talking about the hunter. I mean, you you're the one that came up with this, and it makes a lot of sense now. I didn't, I never thought about that, but I sure I buy that. I buy that there was a hunter chasing after the rabbits, and the dogs got him. Yeah, and he killed them and dismembered them, and but it's like it's presented to you in a safe fashion that you easily digest because there's a laugh track. Right, yes. <laughs> it's so true, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you need some sugar with your medicine, maybe mm-hmm. to deal with this pain and this mysterious circumstances they're in. It, maybe it's a little easier when there's laughing and sh- pl- applause. Applause? Yes. Yeah. Like, can you imagine Twin Peaks with a laugh track? Fellas, don't drink that coffee. You'd never guess. There was a fish. In the percolator. <laughs> no. At the same time, I think sometimes hunters kind of think that it's about entertainment for killing. You know what I mean? Like, to them, it's like they take joy after going after animals and... Yeah, yeah. Or, like, you know, I kind of look at this, the way they're describing everything, it's almost like a sadistic thing, like this... Uh, maybe not a hunter per se, but someone who's just letting their dog destroy little animals just mm. for fun. And maybe it's not even the purpose of hunting to eat. It's the purpose of just the thrill and letting their dog 
go after things, right. you know, and this is why I kind of connect it with Dumbland. It's that weird <laughs> guy in Dumbland, which you all hear next week. So, yeah, rabbits, wild. How do you feel about this now that you have eight episodes compared to that little snippet from Inland Empire? I like this better. Yeah. I like to like, watch them all together. And, you know, obviously there was more to it. I mean, I love from day one when I saw it. It's just this mystery. And it's, it is strange to have these uh, upright rabbits <laughs> living this life. It's almost like a dollhouse, too. It's just yes, like, it's like a dollhouse. I mean, I yeah. bet you I'm sure David Lynch uh, made all that furniture. And I mean, he built that whole set. And it really was just like a box in yeah. his back yard in his garden there that he. <laughs> I would love to hear the demonic things happening in real time and the neighbors going, what is going on over there? (laughs) (laughs) David Lynch has got his megaphone. All right, Naomi, (laughs) do it again. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) And maybe, yeah, We're making a film here. (laughs) This is very serious business. We have rabbits in purgatory. It took a while. I I think it took a long time for them to work on, too, where it was more when they had time in between and and their schedules. Was it a pet project? It was a pet project. Pun intended. DavidLynch.com. <laughs> yes. But it's great. I mean, this is another cool project that he worked on. And it's fun. To, I mean, I love that it was available at DavidLynch.com where, he, you know, this is something that David Lynch thought of. And he, yeah. just, he just made it and then he shared it with the community. And yeah. I wish he could do that still today. I wish he would. Uh, you know. I mean, he does it. He does it through Twin Peaks. He does it through Showtime. And maybe we'll be lucky. And he, maybe in 2018, it. he'll just do a couple small things before. Season four. Right. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> so, Ben, anything, any other factoids or anything? No, about I think we this? hit it all. We I hit think, it all? Yeah, I think so. I think I shared everything I could think. I'm sure we'll, we'll stop recording and I'll be like, oh, but there was this one other thing. You have your magical mic. You That's sure, my magic <laughs> mic, right? Magic mic. <laughs> magic mic. So, Brian, I thought about this thing. <laughs> this a guy. month later. Could you, Brian, could you record a little bit of laughing? <laughs> I need, I need some room tone here. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Good stuff. So, Ben, with that being said, if you have a favorite uh, David Lynch short you'd like to tell us your theories on rabbits, you can email us at TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com. Also, you can find us on Twitter. Twin Peaks Unwrapped. We're on Facebook, Twin Peaks Unwrapped. We're on iTunes. Leave us that four-star review. Leave us that nice little comment. And also, we're on Stitcher and Google Play. Awesome. So, we're yeah, we're out every week. And I can't wait till next week when we cover Dumbland. Just so everybody knows, I'll say it one more time. We have Dumbland, the Alphabet, the Grandmother. So watch those all. Also, before we go, T Public. I dusted off a box. I found all the old logos. I found some new stuff, some old stuff. Go to our T Public Twin Peaks Unwrapped page. The link is in our show notes. Check it out. You can buy a hoodie. You can buy a shirt. You can buy stickers. A sticker. A I, coffee mug. Yeah. I know somebody recently I saw bought a whole bunch of stickers, which I thought was so cool. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Put them everywhere. Right. And it's great. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there would love it for uh, Christmas. Yeah. It gr- makes a great Christmas present. There's a bunch of sales going on right now. Hop on because I don't know how long. Once we run out of the, we got the Dougie back up there. We got over the top of Mr. C's back up there. Once it's gone, it's gone. Box, it only held a certain amount of products. Yeah, so that's right. We yeah, got to yeah, do yeah. our best. <laughs> and it does support us. I don't know us. if I buy this. <laughs> Believe me, Ben. Believe me. Yeah, all right. Say it. Um, <laughs> buying something from T Public 
supports us and keeps the lights on, allows us to keep the show going every year and to keep the old shows up so everybody can enjoy them. Yeah, thank so, you so much for everybody who's you. already been supporting us. We yeah. really do appreciate it. And with that being said, Ben, I, I think next week... Your homework, everybody, go watch Dumbland. It's on YouTube. It's on other ways you can find it. Go check it out. Um, we'll be covering Dumbland next week. I went out with Willard Burns and his father and some other guy, and they had shotguns, and I had a 22. And they were looking for birds, these little pheasants. And um, so we were walking, and south of Boise, sagebrush desert nothing but sagebrush and sagebrush is about that tall two and a half three feet tall and the ground is hard packed and the sage smells so good and there's just these little birds you know and it's just the smell is so great and rabbits but as far as you can see sagebrush flat high desert i think it's called so we were walking along and walking along and we came to this place where you couldn't see it from far away but I noticed we started going down and the sagebrush got bigger. So we're going down and the sagebrush is getting bigger and we're going down and it's almost dark. The sagebrush is like 12 feet tall. And all of a sudden, whoa, this rabbit the size of a horse leaps out, this jackrabbit. And then the ground went up, the sagebrush got smaller, and we were on the other side of that. I see you in the oh.